0: If God is able, we are able. Welcome
1: to the podcast from One Cause Church. Hallelujah. It's good to be here. I'm kind of a little nostalgic tonight because I look around and all my buddies that I'm used to being here all the time are now pastoring other churches around and so they're not here anymore, but I like you too, so it would be all right. Psalm 33:12 says blessed is the nation whose god is the Lord. Yes, right. Psalm 103 or 100 verse 3 says know ye that the Lord he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. Amen. Amen. Paul on the road to Damascus was struck down with a blinding light and he asked a marvelous question. When the voice spoke out of the light and said, Paul, Saul, Saul, rather, why do you persecute me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed is the nation when Jesus is our God. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands up with me just for a moment. I want you to pray in the Spirit. I'm expecting the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. We thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight. Now, we could title this several things, but I thought about a biblical precedent for going beyond the norm. Or we could just call it a Bible case for not being normal, which probably will work a little better. My text tonight is going to be a little bit unusual. I want you to turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. I've just made the pastor nervous. That's all right. I won't contradict you, I I promise. (laughs) Because, you know, one of the reasons why that Pastor Eric and and Dr. John Holler and all of us, we get together and and we love each other and we fellowship so well together is because we see so much almost exactly alike. And believe me, in this day and time, that's a rare, rare thing. The only other minister I ever heard say something like that was Brother Hagin, and he said that about Gordon Lindsay. He said that he and Gordon Lindsay saw everything almost exactly alike. They were two peas in a pod, and you can tell Eric and I are twins. <laughs> I'm going to read this these verses out of the King James, and I'm doing it on purpose. I don't always use that one, but it seemed to agree with me more. No, I'm kidding. It, it, <laughs> It, it actually seemed to be a little more on the accurate side than some of the others. 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. I have heard so many different schools of thought on this one verse. And as Pastor John Holler has so excellently pointed out, this whole passage of Scripture here, Paul is what he calls foolish boasting. He's... The reason he's doing that is because the Corinthians had kind of fallen prey to some televangelists. Hallelujah. That had them convinced that they were apostles and they were prophets. And that they should only sow into their ministries and only listen to what they had to say. And here they were the children and the spirit of the Apostle Paul. And so he comes back earlier in this book and he starts telling them, listen, if these people are apostles, I am more. And then he begins to say, this is just foolish for me to talk like this, but evidently I need to. That does not mean that what he said in his boasting was not true. Because all of these things were true, that he had been caught up into heaven, into the third heavens, caught up into paradise, saw all these things that, that were unlawful to even express here on earth. He saw these things, and he gets to this, and he says, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, and people stop in, in the wrong places in this, and they a lot of denominational people, and, and, and even Bible translations, oh, Help me, Lord Jesus, with Bible translations. Because the older I get and the more I learn, the more I just fall out of love with so many different translations. Because no matter how good they are, somewhere in there you will find the translator's religious bias pop up in some passage somewhere. One of the most accurate English translations is the New American Standard Version. As far as word-to-word translation. You have some, like New Living, which is more like, they say, thought for thought. I don't think much of some of their thoughts, but it's a thought for thought. But the New American Standard, they do great. And then you get to Mark chapter 5. The woman with the issue of blood. Oh, she suffered. And she spent all she had... At the, with these physicians and these doctors, and she wasn't any better but grew worse, and she came in the press behind because the King James got it right. For she said, If I may touch the hem of his clothes, I shall be made well. And New American comes along and says, She came from the press behind because she thought. If I just touch the hem of his clothes, you cannot get the word thought out of that Greek word on the longest day of the week. You can't do it. It is say, really, it's saying. She was saying, but these dear Baptists with the Bible Society that helped put that New American Standard together, bless the darling hearts and stupid heads. They just can't quite get it. And so they just change it. Well, you know, and she thought it. You know, well, she had to think it before she said it. And they missed the whole thing of the activation of faith and how faith is released. Because Jesus turned around and said, your faith has made you whole. How did her faith make her whole? Because she said it. Not because she thought it. She said it. Yeah. That's why the apostle Paul says, we have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so some of these guys, they, they come along and this verse, you'll, you'll see several translations that say, lest I become conceited because of the abundance of the revelation. Lest I get puffed up because of the abundance of the revelation." And he talks about some of the revelations. Caught up in the third heaven. Saw all these things. All these revelations he got. Besides that, just the great revelation of salvation is by grace through faith alone. Without any other works attached to it. What a great revelation. And that's the one he's talking about. Because then he goes and talks about this messenger of Satan. Sent to buffet him. This thorn in the flesh. And I know a pastor here talked about that. Thorns in the flesh are people. Not a demon. I know one lady, she says, Paul had a demon. And I mean, she'll fight you over it. <laughs> she made me so mad one night, and I've known her for years. The older lady, bless her heart, I love her. But she said, Oh, Paul had a demon. It says right there, a messenger of Satan had a thorn in his flesh. A messenger of Satan. And the word messenger is angel also, an angel. And so, but it also talks, calls preachers angels. Missed it with some of us. Just ask Heather. She'll tell you. And so she says, he had a demon. And then this woman teaches deliverance. And I said, you got a problem. You're like a bankrupt man trying to teach financial prosperity. That's right. Somebody that has no money teaching people how to get rich. It's convoluted thinking. You tell people that Paul had a demon, and he asked God three times to get rid of it, and God didn't, and yet you telling people that you can get rid of their demons. I got news for you: if the greatest Christian that ever lived could not get rid of a demon, you and I cannot get rid of a demon. Are you listening? You, you see, I, I just... I, I'm very analytical. I'm, I'm, I've am i got to where I'm like Mr. Spock when it comes to the Bible. I just want to analyze it and, and be logical. And, and, you know, God is logical. I mean, He didn't just fling the stars out into space and they're all bumping into each other out there with astral collisions and all this stuff. No, no, everything is timed. It's all logical. I mean, that's why you can chart a course on the ocean and, and pitch darkness just by looking at stars. You can chart your course and go straight to where you want to go to because everything has order. God God put it together logically. And so His Word, if we will just think, when you were born again, you're not supposed to lose your mind. You're supposed to use your mind. That's why He said, study to show yourself approved. You don't study with your spirit. Your spirit knows. Your spirit's intuitive. You study with your head, your mind, to show yourself approved. So you won't be ashamed. Like that poor little lady. She's ashamed. She thinks Paul had a demon. She says right there, a thorn in the flesh. I said, it's a figure of speech. No, it's not. I said, sure it is. I said, I could say you're a pain in the backside, but that doesn't mean you're a saddle sore. Well, I, I told her something else. But <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. It's a figure of speech. <laughs> figure of speech. But because of the abundance of the revelation. Now watch this. Because God didn't want me to get conceited. And the implication is that God. Listen, when you translate it and say, lest I should become conceited. There was given me a thorn in the flesh. Then you are implying that God sent a messenger from Satan to buffet you. And if the messenger from Satan, and we're pretty sure it was the Judaizers that would come into the Gentile churches after Paul left and start wanting to have chop-chop services, you know, we're all adults here, you understand what I'm talking about. And so, and and trying to get them to obey laws and feasts and, and all of this kind of thing. And they came in and would do that. Then if God sent them to do that, then God is contradicting His own work. If he saved these people by grace through faith. And then God allows Judaizers to come in and start corrupting them. Where Paul tells these one this one church, you started off in the spirit. Why have you ended up in the flesh trying to carry on with all these laws? Then God did that. And then you get over in the camp where the God's in control of everything, folks. Ooh, God, you know, God's in control. I just cringe when I hear people say that. God's in control. You know, they always get really religious and sound real. Oh, brother, you know, God, I know a dear old man of God, bless his heart, he's a sweetheart, but when he gets serious about something in Scripture, the things of God, he begins to tremble in his voice, God, won't you die, God is in control, oh, he's in control. Same brother I was discussing with, he's an elder man, he's 90, precious, precious man. And he, I was discussing with him that there are some people that are saved but never get free in their mind. They're addicted to substances or some people's lives are cut short. Some people live a whole long life out and never get free. He said, oh, brother, when I got saved, I got saved. My spirit, my soul, my body, everything. got I said, no, it didn't. I said, I love you, but know it, I can look at you and tell that body ain't saved. You're getting old, man. That body's not saved. And your wife could tell me your head didn't get saved. Amen, hallelujah, shama, shama, you know. Now, we're getting spiritual, see. Think, think, got to Think. Why was this thing sent at him? Obviously the devil sent it, messenger from Satan or of Satan. So it means it came of him, of Satan. So it came from the devil. Why would the devil send something to him because of revelation? And does God, is God concerned about Him being exalted? Let's just take a look. If you want to know what God thinks about something, let's look and see what God says about something. Amen? Amen. Is this all right? I'm making myself real happy here. Psalm 89, verses 15 through 17. If you don't have a Bible, they'll put it up on the screen. Blessed is the people who know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of Thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day. And in thy righteousness shall they, not God, they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength. Not his strength, their strength. And in thy favor our horn shall be exalted. Matthew 22 verse 12. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. So God is in the exalting of people business, isn't he? Luke one fifty two. Mary, when she found out Elizabeth was going to have John the Baptist, she began to sing a wonderful song. And in verse 52, she says, He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. Luke 18.14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. In James nine, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. So God is not concerned about Paul becoming conceited. He's not concerned about him getting a big head. That's not what he's talking about. If you take the whole phrase. Now I'm not a Greek scholar. But I can read. Lest I should be exalted above measure through. Watch this. Through the abundance of the revelations. Through them. What's he talking exalted above measure the Greek word there is hyper error oh hyper my somebody say hyper air. oh my hyper is like somebody's hyper you go to the hyper it's bigger it's greater it's 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 blown up it's out of proportion it's and so what he's saying is literally what he's saying is to hyper arrow my it means to be lifted up. And thrown beyond the mark. Or the measure. If you're going to cook something. Like me if you're a chef like me. You can tell I'm a chef. I'll shut up and listen to me. And you get out a measuring cup. And the recipe calls for one cup. And you've got a two cup measuring cup. Calls for one cup. There is a mark of the measure on the cup. Are you listening? But if I decide I want to double the recipe. Then I have to exalt or lift up what I put in the cup. Beyond that me- beyond that normal measure. The recipe says one cup is the normal measure. But if I want to double up. Then I have to exalt the ingredients beyond the mark of the normal measure. Oh God, if we can get this tonight. What Paul is saying is, because of all these revelations, there was a messenger from Satan to buffet, to hit at me over and over and over, lest I be raised up above what is normal and thrown beyond the mark of what is considered normal. In Christendom, that is all things that call themselves of Christ. You've got measures, marks, especially with regard to the supernatural and with regard to faith. Are you listening? Catholics have a mark. Presbyterians have a mark. Methodists, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just, Well, go from the top to the bottom if you want to. But I think I'm safer going from the bottom to the top. But anyway, Baptists have a mark. And listen... Pentecostals and charismatics have a mark. But God wants us to not be satisfied with this mark that is termed as normal. He wants us by virtue of getting revelation of the Spirit of God to be lifted up and exalted and thrown beyond what's considered normal if the church is going to be powerful and really reach the world in these last days, we have got to get a revelation from God. We have got to be willing to be exalted up, lifted, and thrown beyond what is the norm. Hallelujah. I hate mediocre Christianity because it leaves people trapped in wheelchairs bound to stretchers it leaves people's minds in bondage it leaves people doing things and they don't know why they're doing it and they're so sorrowful after they do it and nobody seems to have an answer people end up in bondages of all kinds Sat with some people not too long ago, ministers. This lady, minister, is very powerful in the Lord. Her daughter had strayed from some things of the Lord and had become bound. We had had dinner and I was sitting on their couch. This lady, she's an older lady, was sitting across from me in her easy chair. And her daughter came in and sat beside me. And I was talking to the mother. I wasn't paying any attention to the daughter. And all of a sudden the mother, who's pretty sharp, looks over at her daughter and just said, Who is that? And I turned and looked and this daughter was looking at me and her pupils had dilated and her face was contorting. And she says, I hate you. I said, Is that Right. Said, in the name of Jesus, shut up and come out of her. Boy, she snapped back around real quick. And the fight was on. <laughs> she got free. Hallelujah. See, she'd gotten into fear. And fear opened that door. But you see, if we're not willing to be lifted up and thrown beyond the normal mark well we don't believe that at our church we don't do that at our church that's why people are bound at your church that's why people don't get saved at your church God wants to lift us up and catapult us by his revelation People say, well, Paul, you know that revelation, he had so much, he just made him conceited. Really? Don't you think if you read previous to this, with all the stonings and the beatings and the shipwrecks and uh, letting him over the wall at night in the basket, scary ride, you know, and all this stuff, don't you think that would take any conceit out of the man? You can take the most puffed up man. And you just beat the daylights out of him. And he won't be conceited very long. It's just a funny thing that. And then let me tell you something. If you have a true spiritual experience where you come into contact with the supernatural it won't puff you up because this same man that they're saying God had to afflict him to keep him from being puffed up he said love is the best way to go and love is not puffed up He wasn't conceited. He wasn't even at risk of it. The devil did not want him to reach that measure out there that nobody else had gotten to yet. And that's why if he could just keep him busy trying to tell Gentiles don't go to the circumcision clinic. Just stay home and love God. And don't Try to keep Yom Kippur and all these, don't do all that stuff. If you can keep him busy with the mundane stuff, then he can't get exalted and thrown beyond that measure. He wanted to escape all of that. You read how he talks to them. Have I, how long do I have to keep dealing with this stuff with you? He wanted to get past this because he knew if he could just get up here, he could be thrown beyond. All of that, and get over into another realm of revelation. Yeah. I had the pleasure of knowing Kenneth E. Hagin. The man had incredible supernatural experiences, and you'll never meet a more humble man in all your life than Kenneth Hagin. <clears throat> you see a true spiritual experience. When you encounter God and His supernatural power, His supernatural power and haughtiness and pride and arrogance and conceit cannot coexist. For one, if there was even the remote possibility of Paul being conceited and it puffed up, he couldn't have got the revelation because God says He resists the proud. And gives grace to the humble. And so these preachers that stand there. I'm this apostle, prophet, archbishop. I jokingly call myself archbishop and all this stuff. I do it, you know, out of fun. May make it official someday, who knows. Just, I can hear Eric call me that. <clears throat> so he can kiss my ring when I walk in. <clears throat> Did I tell you about the four Catholic mamas who were having coffee together in New York at Starbucks? <clears throat> and they were bragging about their sons. And the first one, she said, Well, my son is a monsignor. And when he walks into a room, people say, um, they call him Father, Monsignor Father. The second one, she said, well, my son is a bishop. And when he walks into the room, people say, your eminence. The third one, she said, my son is a cardinal. And when he walks into the room, everyone says, Your grace. The fourth one didn't say anything. Finally, one of them said, Well, what about your son? She said, My son is the number one male exotic dancer in New York City. (laughs) When he walks into a room, people say, My God. My jokes are better than his, aren't they? <laughs> Getting hot in here. These people that tell you, oh, the Lord took me up into heaven, showed me this number. Number was fifty-two twenty-seven. And so if you, everyone watching today, if you will agree to sow fifty-two dollars and twenty-seven cents every month for the next year, God will save all your kids. They're puffed up. They're exalted. Conceited claiming to be something, claiming that they've had an experience. And I know it's not true, because if you truly tap into the supernatural and you have an encounter with God, something about you will change and it won't be to puff you up. Jacob had an encounter with God, and when he walked away, he limped. Because an encounter with God and your frail flesh, something happens and something's got to give, and it's not going to be the supernatural. These people that get puffed up in the pride of their flesh Tells me that they have not Wrestled with God I haven't told this Experience Help me do it Lord The last year has been Had good times Been some trying times. People close to me had died. They got old. I mean, it was time for them to go, but you still feel the loss. Especially when they're your prayer partners. And you know they pray for you and you count on that. And that they would want to abandon me and go to heaven. I mean, you know, (laughs) I'm being a little selfish. Yeah. But other things happen. You know preachers. We have things happen too. We have feelings. We, yeah. Things happen. And I don't think there's anything. Hurts worse. Than for a friend. To betray you. Uh-huh. Amen. And in the ministry. That seems to be magnified. At least times ten. When another minister. That you love. And have respected and honored betrays you. And all these things friends dying and all of this and then being betrayed right before I was flying to the other side of the world and we started the new Christ for the nations in Korea second semester and I went over to teach. And I'll be honest with you I would go in and just say Lord I'm depending on you for utterance because in, in the emotional realm, in my head, I really wasn't into it. It just kind of went. I really didn't want, didn't want to go. How many of you know what I'm talking about? This isn't this isn't admitting defeat or anything like. It's just we have feelings, and so this thing. And then when I got back home, it was there. It was again, and it had taken on a life of its own. And other people had gotten involved, and it just you know when you're trying to to not touch the anointing on the other person's life and you're trying to do the honorable thing but sometimes doing the honorable thing means you just don't say anything at all and let people just wonder even though you have you're fine I mean and you let and, but the betrayal is there and the pain and this went on for some time and I would struggle I'd have days I was okay and then days I'd be the, just wake up and you're like oh man you know why did this happen why did these people have to do this and you know and it, it, you know, when you're in certain positions and offices and ministry, sometimes you have to deal some correction with leaders. And you don't do it publicly, you do it privately. And I, without getting into detail, this particular pastor decided he didn't like to be corrected. And so instead of receiving it, and changing or at least praying about it and say, hey, maybe Daniel heard from God or something, you know. Then instead just going on the attack. And so I've had it happen before. But when it comes from somebody that you really, really love and you're close to, it, it just hurts. And I was going through all this. I'm human. I was going through all this. In July 30th, ten fifteen a.m., I was in my bedroom I have a really nice leather reclining chair I was sitting in the chair worship music playing lowly I'd been studying and I sat back and was just just worshiping when all of a sudden I I would have to tell you it was a trance because I was aware of things mentally but all of my physical sensations were suspended. I couldn't move. I couldn't feel anything. And it wasn't a panic like paralysis. You just, you knew. And like we saw this, you know, the the, the fake glory up here that we had tonight, the the, the dry ice. My room began <laughs> I said something to Eric. I said, the glory's coming. He said, Yeah, the Shekinah. I said more like some kind of <laughs> but you know, Jonna needs all the help she can get, so we oh, sorry. Sorry, it just slipped out, you know. All of a sudden there was it was like a fog in the room. And I was sitting there and three men appeared in the room. Tall men. Angels. And As I was sitting in the chair, one would have been at about 10 o'clock, another at 3 o'clock, another at 4 o'clock. And they all looked exactly alike. I guess there are triplets in heaven. (laughs) And they began to talk to me. And Not one of them finished a complete sentence. One would start, another would take it up. If it was a longer sentence, a third one would carry on. And there was no particular order to how they did this. One would say, hello, and the other would say, how are you doing? You know, that kind of a thing. And they began to say, we've been sent to heal your soul and to unburden your heart. And that you might be strengthened with might in your inner man. And then they began to tell me some things that would shortly come to pass, some things in my own life, things about gifting. Said from this day forward, when you're in the Spirit, you'll have greater discernment and understanding of divine secrets. And from this day forward, when you're in the Spirit, you'll have greater discernment and understanding of the secrets of the hearts of men. There were some other things that I'm checked to not say, but I honestly told the Lord, I said, that second one, I don't know that I want it. Now, I sometimes think I see too much anyway. Dottie Rambo had written a song years ago talking about herself. She said, If my heart were a window you could look through, oh, the pain and scars you would see. And since June the 30th, when I'm in the spirit like right now, I have to focus my attention because I start looking and I start seeing through windows. It's just the most unusual thing. But you see, when the thing was over, when the experience was over, I was a mess. My best friend rents my spare room, and he heard me crying uncontrollably. And he came to see what was wrong, and I was almost in the fetal position in that chair when I finally was able to move again, bawling my eyes out. There was no conceit. It'll knock the breath right out of you. But you see, God wants us. This was one of those moments in my life when God says, I'm going to exalt you up and throw you beyond the normal measure. What you've considered normal, I want you to go beyond normal. I've given you tonight a biblical case for not being normal. Biblical precedent for going beyond the norm. That's Paul's issue there. He was exalted through the abundance of the revelation. He was lifted up and thrown beyond the normal mark through the abundance of the revelation. Not that he was getting the big head, but the revelation. You see, when you get revelation, and, and one way of interpreting revelation is to see. Oh, I see. It's revealed. Je- Peter said to Jesus, you're the Christ. Jesus said, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. He could see it. In his spirit, he could see it. It's a revelation. And so, When angels visit you, it's a revelation. You're seeing into the spirit world. You're seeing something. And through the revelation, God wants to lift you up and throw you beyond the normal mark. That's what God wants to do in this church. Pastor Eric, Pastor Heather, this is the season when God wants to lift you up through the abundance of revelation that's coming into this house. And catapult you beyond what you thought was the normal measure mark. Get you beyond that. Beyond even a double portion. Get you triple, quadruple, whatever. But lift you up through the revelation and throw you out here. Somewhere out here. And That's why Satan has tried to be a thorn in your flesh. And tried to buffet you. Because if he can buffet, buffet. And buff it. And it just, the literal Greek means it's just repeated pounding to buff it. Just to keep pounding on you, to keep you down and keep you preoccupied with things so that you can't be lifted up and thrown. But I'm declaring in the name of the Lord Jesus that thorn is removed. Yeah. Amen. And you're going to be lifted up. Yeah. And this church will follow where the head goes. The abundance of revelation lifted up, thrown beyond what's considered normal. We say that makes me uncomfortable, then stay where you're at. Just keep looking at your measuring cup and rejoicing at all the little lines on there. I'm safe. As long as I can see what the measure is. Oh, listen to me, somebody. This is a word from God. You think you're safe as long as you can see what the measure is. I had somebody, my brother-in-law, God bless him, told me when he first married my sister, I like debt. You're a nut. She's married a flat-out nut. I said, you do... I like my life organized. I like having to just send out payments every month. I know what everything is and all this stuff. And I just thought, you're an idiot. (laughs) You know what I am, Jonna? Debt free. I have no debts. I like no debts. Other than gas, water, electric, and cable, I don't have to send out payments. My cell phone—I got that fixed. It just does it for me. Just—I'll get an email or a, or a text message. Your phone just got paid. I said, Hallelujah! <laughs> just debit it out of the account and go debt free. I've heard your dad talk about this. It was funny. I was going through the same thing. He reminded me. He said so they'd given him his check at Christ for the Nations, and he had completely forgotten to deposit and went for a week or two. And they said, Would you please deposit your check? I went. Oh check in my wallet somebody gave me I'd completely forgotten about it forgot to deposit it because you don't have the worry you see that's just one area of being lifted up and thrown beyond the mark And the Christian even the Christian world doesn't understand that oh debt free all y'all talk about is prosperity that's about all God talked about too People get out of the Psalms and Song of Solomon. Oh God! Somebody camping in Song of Solomon and Job. People loved. Why did Christians want to camp in Job? I told Roxanne and Deb on Sunday afternoon. I said, if I had been there back in three hundred and whatever, when they were canonizing books of the Bible and putting them together, I would have been the 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 Democrat down at the end of the table. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> J- jumping up and down saying, don't put Job in the Bible. <laughs> It'll save me a lot of explaining when I get over into the 21st century. When some poor old soul comes up to you, pray for my finances. Well, what are you believing for? I don't know, but I'm poor as Job's turkey. I'm like, oh God help us. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible, but they do. I guess I'm suffering like Job. How long you been going through this? 35 years? You know, Job's only lasted nine months. Get out of here. (laughs) You have been on the job way too long. (laughs) Hallelujah. A scriptural precedent, a case for going beyond the norm. You won't be conceited. You'll be exalted by the hand of God and thrown beyond the measure that the enemy would like to keep you on this side of. Let's get into the revelation of the Spirit. Get lifted up and thrown Beyond the norm. Hallelujah. Pastor Eric.
0: Praise God. Would you come teach that to my Corinthian letters class? Yeah. Would that be good, Jesse? Yeah. He's in my class. That was absolutely marvelous. Wow. I don't even know how to act right now. I feel like I need to act abnormal. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just do this for a moment. Just lift your hands where you are. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a moment. Tonight you need to attach yourself to this Word. Attach yourself to this Word that has come to you. Let the Word of God do for you what you really desire in your heart. God has not called us to live a measured life, but to live beyond the norm. Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. Father, we say yes to you. Yes, Jesus, as Daniel was just saying, Jesus had the spirit without measure. The scripture says that, that we are the body of Christ. A matter of fact, John said it like this, as he is. So are we in this world. You can operate in that same limitless power, that same power that raised him from the dead lives in you. If it beats death, it beats anything. That means nothing is impossible. The the seeming permanence that death is, yet the spirit, the power of the spirit of God is beyond that. And turns what seems to be uh, temporary, permanent, into temporary. That's what the word. The scripture says that we don't look at the things that are temporary because those things are subject to change. That's the weakness of the trouble in your life. That's the weakness of the challenges, of the of the disappointments. They are temporary, but the Word of God is established forever in heaven, and it's up to you and I to get it established here on the earth. You've got to get it established in our hearts, established in our situation, established in our families and on our jobs. And, yeah, I tell you, you preach it. Okay. Jesus in this? I only do what I see the Father revelation. Yeah. I only see what the Father, what the Father says. I only see what He does. I do what He does and I say what He says. And He brought us into that same relationship with the Father. Remember what He said in that day? We talked about this last week. In that day, you'll ask me Ask the Father. I brought you into the same kind of reality that I have with him, the same kind of relationship, so that you can see him and do what he says and say what he says. And the earth is groaning for this. The earth is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. Let's let's reveal it. Let's reveal who we are in him to this world. Let's take that next step. Come on, just pray this. Father... I am yours. Take me where you want to take me. I fully yield to you. I yield my mouth. I yield my heart. I yield my actions, my thoughts. In the name of Jesus, I do not want to live. Therefore, I will not live another day in measure. I want to go beyond by more revelation greater revelation of you in my life, your call in my life, the places you want to take me, the things you want me to do, the people you want me to meet, the gospel you want me to preach, do that in me. I want to live the life you came to give me, an abundant life beyond measure in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 930 and 11. And Wednesday evenings at 7. And in Dallas, 1030 Sunday mornings. And our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry there is also a link on the front page of our website.